Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. We're so glad you tuned in today, and if you're in the area, come out and join us at our new home, located at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. If you are unable to attend, you can tune in on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. And don't forget to join us for our worship on Instagram Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, 30 minutes before the YouTube broadcasts. We would also like to encourage you to check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org where you can keep up on the current messages, ministries, and happenings at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. Today our teaching is in the book of Acts, chapter 16. Here's Pastor Ryan. And in the city of Delphi, which is south near Athens, is where this stems from, the worship of Apollos. And, uh, and they believe that the god Apollo was uh, embodied by a python snake, and that's what uh, Delphi means, python, or it used to be called uh, python there. The, the name of the town. And the original priestess of Delphi was supposedly possessed by Apollos and she can tell the, f- the future. But we know that the reality is that Satan, one of his demons, possessed this young slave, poor slave girl and gave her the ability to predict the future. And there was big money to be had. They were, you know, using her for money. They would go to these fortune tellers and seek out advice for their relationships, for their businesses, or other matters of the like. And today, people are searching, are they not, all over Instagram and and all over celebrities. Like, who has the word I need to just make this day better? Like, give me a positive thought or a positive clue or or, or, you know, and they, they're like charlatans and they, they feel themselves to be enlightened, let me tell you. And a lot of money is being made right today and people are searching. What they need is Jesus Christ. What they need is the word of God. What they need is for our witness to be martyr style where we are dying to self and we are willing to seek God and love our neighbor as ourselves so that they might come to know Jesus. That's what they need. And she brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he, and he came out of out that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And so here we see rather than physical persecution, now they just got physically taken, I get that, that's not, I'm not. But before they were arrested, Satan comes after Paul and his men. Not physically, but but patronizing them. He sent a demon-possessed girl 
to patronize them, to say a truth of God, which she did, right? She said, these are the servants of the Most High God. They proclaim to you the way of salvation. That is the truth, but she's proclaiming it from a life that isn't with them. She's proclaiming it from a life that is with the devil, but yet she speaks truth. She says it in an antagonizing way, no doubt. Day in and day out, she was saying this. And Paul was greatly annoyed. Because it is annoying, it is greatly annoying, when there's someone who you know doesn't love God, doesn't walk with God, but wants to tell you something spiritual about Jesus Christ. You're just like, please, show me some fruit. Show me that your life actually loves God. And then share me some truth about God. God doesn't need, you know, a vessel that isn't for him. A vessel that is half-stepping, a vessel who doesn't really want to follow God, but you want to act, you know, spiritual. They asked Jesus, what work must we do to do the work of God? And he said, believe on him whom he sent. If we want to do the correct work of God, if we want fruit in our lives, then we must believe in him justifying faith meaning i believe that he is and i follow him i believe that jesus is and i follow him that's justifying faith if you believe in him and follow him you're going to heaven if you believe in him and don't follow him you're going to hell so this woman was lost this young lady and god doesn't need that kind of publicity it's like you know weirding people out that's the the fortune telling telling lady I remember the, the Spanish guy, and I don't con- condemn him. I don't know if he's still alive, but you remember the, in Telemundo, the guy who did all the uh, astrology, right? Remember him? Flamboyant and, uh, right? And you're just watching him because it's, a, it's, it's as a believer, you're watching him because, and you're just like, pobrecito, he's lost. And he tells you all of the, the zodiac signs and what your horoscope is. But then he goes, but ultimate, ultimately it's God, he would say. Ultimately the glory goes to God. No, 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 no. Zip it. If you're going to do your zodiac, don't mention God at all. That's what I mean. There's a lot of weird stuff and weird people cruise into the churches, all churches. Even here. And you're just thinking, really? Oh my gosh. Pastor David, go talk to some, somebody. Not me. You can go talk to Go deal with that. But what's crazy is that truth came out of her mouth. We have to discern, guys, nowadays. Just because truth comes out of a person, watch their life. If, if, don't just say they said a truth, so I'm going to bite it hook, line, and sinker because it's a Bible verse. You have to watch their life. You have to discern. Anyone can, can quote a scripture, guys. And it says in, um, in, in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, Paul would say, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. God does not antagonize or use evil vessels to preach his word. In 1 Corinthians 14, 33, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. That's why we try to, we want to keep everything scriptural at our church. We want our works to align with scriptures. Because there's so much weird stuff going out there today. You ever see video, and I'm not condemning Bethel Church, but have you ever seen video of their prayer meetings? People twitch their head this way uncontrollably. They fall on the floor, they roll around, back and forth. Twitching in a trance. 
And then someone put a video of uh, Hinduism and Buddhism in, in uh, India of, of the movements of their trans, and it's alike. And it's alike. So if you don't see that biblically, why are you practicing it? God's not the author of confusion. The spirit is subject to the prophets. Don't tell me your uncontrolled laughter. Come on. The spirit is subject to the prophets, the Bible says. God's not the author of confusion. This is why we, we believe in tongues, but we don't have it spoken openly in the church because non-believers come in and think that you're drunk. But it's, it's all right at a prayer meeting with believers. It's cool, you know. But there has to be an interpreter, too. If there's no interpreter, the Bible says to remain silent. It wasn't, he wasn't pretending. God wasn't just suggesting. He says, if there's the, is there an interpreter to that? Yes? Okay, what's being said? Oh, there's no interpreter? Okay, well then just, just keep that for a later time in private. It's a blessing to speak in tongues you know, in an unknown language amongst yourselves or amongst believers. But there has to be an interpreter or, there's, there, or no one gets edified from it. But it sure looks, you know, spectacular. And that's a problem with, with our, our brethren in some churches. They want to seem spectacular. When to look spectacular is to do what God says. Do with his scripture. Show me what are we doing. Does it align with scripture? Yes or no. But anyways. Jesus would say in Matthew 7, verse 15 through 20. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inward they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from, from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit and every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tr tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. And, and this can also speak to some churches who fall into the, the, the problem of trying to reach the lost with worldly means, where you see some churches go astray in that their outreaching is dark their outreaching, outreaching is, is edgy, worldly. It looks, looks evil. But they, but they, but they th try to throw the gospel in there. And the ones that I've seen who try to throw the gospel in there don't mention repentance. And I see that and it's sad because we don't have to look edgy or dark or hip or relevant to reach the lost. Our testimony of coming from darkness is enough. You don't see Jesus showing up on the boat in Galilee to the Gadarenes where the two guys were cutting themselves, possessed by legion, chained up, breaking, you know, the ones in Gadarenes, right? He didn't say, oh, Peter, grab my black robe. Grab my black robe. These guys are of the occult, and I think I can witness to them better if instead of a white robe, I'm sporting a black robe. And that's what you see churches trying to be so much like the world to win people for Christ. And I don't believe that that is good at all. We don't need to be like the world to win the world. We need the power of God. We need us to live the truth of Jesus Christ. That's powerful enough. Darkness hides, brothers and sisters. It runs. The demons tremble at his name. They quiver. They shake. And they brought them, so they dragged them to the authorities once they found out that they lost their prophet. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our cities. Now, they took Silas and Paul, 
Timothy's half Jewish. Luke isn't Jewish. They took the two Jewish brothers because anti-Semitism in the Roman Empire came down from Caesar at that point in history. Like, totally went after the Jews. The magistrates, the, the Roman colonies, there would always be two magistrates to deal with issues. And, and in getting this from Augustus Caesar, the, the hatred for the Jews just, just accelerated in the Roman Empire. And out of the four, they just took the, the two Jewish brothers. So anti-Semitism is happening here. And they don't know the difference between the Jewish religion or Christianity at the time. But they take them and they punish them. It says, and they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men, being Jews, notice that, exceedingly troubled our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them uh, to be beaten with rods. Now, when I read that, sometimes I think, I think that it's the magistrates that did this, or they ripped their clothes off. I have a ton of commentaries, and I get both. What do you guys think? Did the magistrate just say, I cannot believe this, beat them, or did they say, remove their clothes and beat them? I'll let you decide. I don't know. They do, you know, to, to tear one's clothes in the Eastern religion, it was just like, I'm at my wit's end, that's all I can take. But again, to beat them with, rod, with, with rods, which they did, they had to remove their clothing. So whatever it is, maybe, maybe they tore their clothes and then they took their clothes off. Maybe both of them, I don't know. But the thing is, is that they were beaten with rods, badly. And I mean badly. This is the ancient world. This is not 2021 woke culture everyone's a victim hit them lightly it was brutal and when they had laid many stripes on them they threw them into prison commanding their the jailer to keep them securely having received such a charge he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet to the stocks now you know do you have to tell a jailer secure them securely but there was such a, a fuss about them that they made sure to talk to the jailer. Even though you do this for a living, even th this is what you do. What you do as a jailer is, is, is take people to their jail cells. They told them, these guys, we want them very secure. And he took them to the inner jail, which was probably the dungeon, and then changed their ankles up to the wall. It was that big of a deal. Verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. Now think about this, guys. They were beaten physically. No one in this room has been beaten physically for the gospel. I have not. The persecution that I believe is coming in the United States, it's a bureaucracy type of persecution that no doubt is going to come they're going to try to silence this book not silence me it's what me says that they're going to try to silence the word of god but as far as being beaten that that is middle eastern style that is that is uh medieval europe torture and yet they find a way to praise the lord at midnight what does that say to, about my life and yours that we would be treated so 
reproachfully, so with such disdain from this world, to be beaten by mayors, and yet at midnight to begin to praise the Lord and to sing hymns to him. How can they, because they were men of prayer, we can deal, I believe, with any trial and with any persecution and with any situation. The believer in Christ is resilient, perseveres, endures. The believer endure, can endure. You can endure being beat almost to death. You can endure it. I know you can and I know I can. Not in ourselves. But we have the spirit of the living God in us if we have accepted Jesus Christ. We can endure anything. But we must pray. We can rise above our circumstances. But we must be praying. Because God meets us in these trials. That's why the Bible says rejoice in your trials. That's why Jesus said when they persecute you, you know, rejoice greatly for great, you know, great is your reward. He said, great is your reward in heaven. God, empower, God is empowering them and they're just praising God. And you know what happens is their chains break, the earth shakes, and everybody else's chains come off. Your and my praises to the Lord is effective, is essential, is powerful. Too many believers are just down and out, depressed. And I get depressed like everybody else. Depression's normal. People want to trivialize depression. Give me a break. Look at David, King David. As long as I'm in this body, you and I, are, are, we're all going to deal with depression, aches and pains. That's like saying, I'm a Christian, I'll never have a headache. I'm a Christian now, you know, I'll never sprain my ankle. I'm a Christian now, I'll never be depressed. No, no, no. We wake up and we're not in heaven. That should bring a little depression to all of us. You look at the cat, the cat's stretching and oh, you look at the dog and the dog looks like, you know, nature itself groans that there must be a change coming soon. Can't deal with this any longer. But the Bible says anxiety in the heart causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. When we, I read this book, my broken body comes alive. When I read this book, my depression, my anxieties, and my worries goes away. When I pray to the Lord, I get strong. I get strong. You get, but, but you have, I, I can't go to the well for you. We can't, you know what I mean? I mean, there are days when all I can do is walk around the park in front of my house like, oh, oh. I'm getting old and fat and oh man help me God help me that's all you know you know what it's like but at least I'm doing that then you come out of that and you're just like I'm ready to go I'm ready to I'm ready to go and that's what that's what you see supernaturally happening these guys so what if they got being God's giving them supernatural strength and the chains of others comes down God gave us this place. The harmonics in here are insane. They're great in here. Aren't they great? Don't you like the... Some of the old uh, 60s artists, they used to record in bathrooms and bathtubs to get harmonics. I think the Doors did that. But this is like, what, what, 
when we started praising God in here, I was like, oh man, this place is even better than I thought. And we want people to come through those doors and hear the singing and hear the clapping, hear the rejoicing, and we want to see their chains be broken as they busted as they come in here. So I don't get it when folks don't sing. I don't get it. I get it like, you know, the first song, kind of timid, kind of tired. But you need to speak to your own soul and your own mouth. I, I have to do the same thing. I can't do it for you. You know, come, behind, come up behind you and have people raising your arms for you. <laughs> Listen, he either does it for you or he doesn't. You have either been forgiven for a lot of sins and are grateful for it and will sing to him, or you will not. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposedly, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. I don't know if he saw the, the prisoner, I mean, not, I mean the jailer. Or he just discerns spiritually that this man's about to kill himself. Don't kill yourself. We are all here. I want to say that to the world in 2020. Don't kill yourself. We are all here. Amen. Don't kill yourself. We are here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household. That jailer, man, can you believe him? He, he escorted them out of the jail to his house. That's changed, man. He washed their stripes. He served them. He gave them food. That night, they got baptized. I don't know how. I don't know how, but he, they got it done in the middle of the night. When you want to get it done, you get it done. He took them out of the jail, went to his house. What if the magistrates showed up and said, hey, where's the jailer, first of all? Where the, you know, it's like he could have been busted. He didn't care anymore. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the officers saying, let those men go. Okay, so he got back before they came. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come themselves and get us out. Paul, is that nice? <laughs> Speak to the mayor that way. Paul, is that nice? I see He's being so political here, isn't he? Let him come get me out. The officers told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. Then they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart. 
from the city. Now listen to me, guys. He said they, uh, they beat two uncondemned Romans. He's using his Roman card. We're Americans. We have a constitution. Can't you not say, as an American, bound to that constitution, I have freedom to, to meet and assemble. No, don't say that you're a Christian. Your citizenship is in heaven. Don't mention you're an American citizen. No, dude. He mentions his Roman citizen. I will mention my American citizenship. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio with the Bible teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein. If you're in the area, come out and join us at our new location at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. If you would like more information or would like to send a gift to the ministry, check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org or you can call us at 951-572-2309. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above.